1: Welcome to Profoundly Pointless. My name is Nick Vinzant. Coming up in this episode, the secrets of body language
2: and pastries. Actually, I started studying body language when I was a teenager. I was around an adult who I looked up to, and uh, because I wanted to know how did I was pissed off that like at myself that I didn't see that this guy was nefarious. When when the people lie, um, they often. They'll often elevate off their chair for a split second when they lie. So you can show people that uh, are brain blind pictures of guys coming at them with a knife or a, or a line or something really scary lunging at them, and they will still feel fear.
1: I want to thank you so much for joining us. If you get a chance, like, download, subscribe, share. We really appreciate It, it really helps us out. So have you ever been suspicious of someone? attracted to somebody, or thought someone was lying to you, and even though you felt really strongly about it, you couldn't figure out why. It might have something to do with their body language. And our first guest is an expert at reading, interpreting, and teaching people to spot the subtle signs of body language. This is body language expert, Dr. Jack Brown. So how did you get
2: started in this? Actually, I started studying body language when I was a teenager. I was around an adult who I looked up to. And this adult, um, I I really looked up to them and they ended up not being a good person. So I went to my parents and I said, hey, how do you tell a good person from a bad person? And uh, they gave me a pretty good answer. My parents are good interpersonal skills, but I I wasn't satisfied. So I started reading uh, psychology journals in middle school. And uh, because I wanted to know how did I was pissed off that like at myself that I didn't see that this guy was nefarious. Are, are people
1: generally pretty good at ex- at assessing people's body language or are we bad at it?
2: There is a variable skill. That's a great question. The variable skill level there. Um, women in general are better than men um and there's reasons for that women tend to have a uh if you uh look at under under a functional mri scan not a diagnostic one but a research mri scan you'll see that they're if you show them a short video or uh, a picture or something their brain might be lit up in 25 different places where a man's is lit up in three or four uh so you know women are better whole brain thinkers and and women in general are better communicators and and communication is a great example of a multitasking uh, skill. You know, you're constantly, what is, what did he say? What did I just say? Oh, I was thinking I was going to say this. So I think I was saying that. Oh, look what he did with his face. Like that was weird. What was that? So you're constantly reassessing. And so it's a multitasking thing. Women are better at at multitasking than that goes along with those other things. So uh, people that um, have less formal education, ironically, to some people are better. And, And the reason is, is because we tend to look at our degree and we say, oh, look, I Johns Hopkins, or look, I went to the University of you know Minnesota, or whatever you know, and, and we tend to really validate those, those uh, formal education, and we tend to in, invalidate and ignore our informal education and our street smarts. People who have been through trauma, whatever the kind of trauma is, it could be sexual trauma, it could be physical trauma, it could be emotional trauma, you know they're going to grow up discriminating as they are right now. Who can I trust, who can't I trust? Can
1: people hide it, though, right? Like, obviously, people are aware of body language. I think that people in general kind of get the concept of it. Can somebody hide their body language very well? Or is it something that, like, we don't even... Consciously think of
2: the short answer to that is yes, it's possible, but usually, even for very skilled people, even for just a short period of time. It, when, when actors go in and out of character, there's a real interesting phenomenon. Like when they when they you have an actor that's a really skilled actor goes out of character, they have an emotional release, and, they, uh, they, they, and you see it on their face, and you see different uh, you know uh, verbal and nonverbal, uh, behaviors going on. That's really akin to what uh, a liar would would do um, on a smaller scale and it dampened down. So when a liar, um, uh, a liar will get good at suppressing the body language, like kind of like you alluded to a few minutes ago. And then when they go out of character, so they're still sitting in front of you. So they were suppressing it and Now they go through a moment where they're not suppressing it very good. So they come out of character. So if you get skilled at looking for these things, you can see them. Oh, like, wait a second. He had a good poker face there. And like, wait a second, what was that? What was that? And these, these, what these are, the people coming in and out of character. Um, And another thing that is really common is they might suppress one part of their face, but it shows up on the other part of the face. So they might suppress their face and it shows up on another part of their body. But even people that... Do it really well. Only can do it for a few seconds. I, you know, I'm an expert at it. I don't. I don't have a good poker face.
1: No, I mean when you look at people's like behaviors, is it pretty standard across everybody? Right, like you make this gesture, this means this, or do people vary?
2: There is definitely uh, individual idiosyncr- idiosyncratic uh, behavior. There is intercultural uh, idiosyncratic behavior, but but both of those make up a, a pretty small minority. Uh, for example, the the uh, you know be- between, between cultures, it's it's less than one percent uh, of of all your behavior is culturally learned. But those stick out in our mind. You know, you're going to notice the red flower in the, in the middle of the yellow flowers, and it sticks out. But um, you know, it, 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 that gives you a false idea of how frequent it is. And and so it's far less than 1%. In fact, someone can be born blind from the time they're born, born blind and not have any kind of biofeedback as to what kind of face do I make or what kind of body do I make in any kind of situation. And they still will have the same body language.
1: When you look at people, though, like, can you tell generally, like, okay, this person is nice, this person's a jerk, this person's this, or are you just seeing their current emotion reflected in their body language?
2: Another great question. Uh, if you're really skilled, you can make uh, big pattern umbrella judgments, and you, you can, you, like, there are certain behaviors that are super common for uh, a um, sociopath, psychopath. Um, There are certain behaviors that and you can see those in a pretty short period of time, but you still want, again, uh, you want a sample size, a decent chunk of time. Generally speaking, how body language is classically taught and and for the vast majority of times when I teach it, it's what this person is thinking, feeling in this moment. Because you can have a really, you can have a pathological person. I mean, you you show pictures, if you had someone that hypnotized you and forgot, uh, say you forget all your long term memory, you can see videos of Adolf Hitler, um, um, uh, you know, petting a dog he supposedly liked dogs a lot. And, you know, lots of people do like dogs and that's generally a good sign. But, but he's, yeah, you know, where he, he looks, oh, I, you know, if you, if, you, if you didn't know that or if you're hypnotized to forget all those long-term memories, but you did have the body language skill, you might make a false assessment that he was stable or a kind person or, or non-pathological. So most of the time, it's what is this person thinking, feeling at that moment? But the more skill you have, you definitely can make big patterns.
1: So I read something one time that, when we feel an emotion, our body reacts to it before we even process that this is how we're feeling. Is that, is that a true thing? The kind of idea that like something makes me happy, that my body shows that I'm happy before my brain even realizes that I'm happy.
2: And there, and there's lots of reasons for that. And some we're still discovering. Um, you know, and part of it is just the speed that we process. And part of it is multitasking. Uh, part of it is what, uh, you know, what we might be doing and the other things, the scenario we're in. Uh, and part of it is the speed of the nervous system, how quick the nervous uh, uh, signals travel. There, there's a fascinating thing that's relatively recently discovered. And, and uh, that has a, it's a, it's a, um, a connection that we have uh, that our visual system has with a part of the brain that interprets uh, fear. And um, so you can show this is so fascinating. So if you have a person who's blind and there's different ways to be blind, you can be blind in the eyes, but your eyes can also be perfectly functional. And the nerves that connect the, the eyeballs to the back of the brain, the visual part of the brain, they can be functional. But say the brain is blind. So someone was hit back here or had a brain tumor or had a stroke. And so their brain blind, but their eyes work good. Okay, so with that as a setup, so you can show people that uh, are brain blind pictures of guys coming at them with a knife or or a line or something really scary lunging at them, and they will still feel fear. They say, "I don't know what this picture is, but I feel fear." So when you look at an audience and or look at a person, you go, "Oh." Uh, you know, this there's something about this guy that bugs me. There's some, there, there's a situation there that bugs me, or this person bugs me. Or you even look at a crowd and you pick someone out and you go, that person bugs me. There, there's something there. There's something I'm, I'm worried about. If listen to those, always, always listen to those. That's your amygdala talking, and this is a fascinating validation of of what my gut is saying or what my instincts are saying. Right? You know, those words, those euphemisms that people use for their their instincts or their subconscious. Um, and this is a physiologic basis for that. That's relatively recent discovered. And now that doesn't mean it's the only reason that our, 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 um, our, uh, gut or instincts cue us in that we might discover some other things, some things we may never discover, you know, who knows, there might be a supernatural component to that, you know, but, but that is one physiologic component. That's really, really fascinating. So, and like you can take, um, The the people that are best at looking at a group of people that that looks at a group of people and can pick out the bad actors or potential bad actors in that crowd. Who's the best at that? Third trimester pregnant women. Mothers in general are better and fathers are better than than non-fathers and mothers are better than non-mothers. And the theory is that there are the, there's a hormonal basis that, that really revs up or tunes up that amygdala connection that I was talking about. Of course, there's overlap there with PTSD. You can, you can view overlook at everything as trauma when maybe none of it or the vast majority of it isn't. And so there is, you know, that can be taken too far, and I'm not saying that this connection is the basis for PTSD. I'm just saying there's maybe an overlap in that phenomenon. Right. Um, th- th- that's a fascinating thing. You can overinterpret. Um, so, you know, you don't want to do that either. Um, but yeah, that's, um, that, that, that to me is, is, is fascinating. And, and so I've debriefed people who have been kidnapped. And of course, if they didn't escape, no one would be interviewing him. And, and what, one some of the things, and there are, there are different authors that speak about this and you can read this other, you know, I'm not the only one that's done this by any means, but there are people who have been kidnapped and they say there was a moment when. A light went off in my head. I shouldn't do this, or I shouldn't. You know, it was before they were surprised. Maybe they were cooperating with someone or helping someone do something, or someone. You know, they befriended someone, or or, you know, but something was a little off, and they didn't listen to their instincts. And but there was a little voice in their head that yeah, there's something there, and they ignored it, and they suppressed it, and they suppressed it, and they suppressed it. We might do that with a spouse who ends up being a bad spouse or a lover, you know, we don't get kidnapped. We just end up being, or a business decision, you know, a business partner. There's a little voice in your head that says something and you suppress it. You get good at suppressing that.
1: If we're trying to, if you're trying to get a read on somebody, is there like a place on their body that, okay, you should watch this area because that's going to tell you first what this person is like
2: in general. Um, the, 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 the most important part of the body is the face and the most important part of the face are the eyes. So, you know, learn to look at people's eyes and say, if I was an eight year old, would I trust them? You know, th- th- we bring in all this uh, baggage that we use to rationalize and to cloud our judgment from the truth. Um, so you know, try and look at that person in your, in your best case scenario of being objective. I, I, another place that people show tension is in their midface and their mustache area. This right below your nose and above your upper lip, and that does, that whole region doesn't have a name, um, but you can call it the mustache area. People show tension in their midface. Uh, their their nostrils might flare a little bit. They might see a slight slight tension in their in their um, in their mouth area. Usually, when people are opening their eyelids wide. Uh, Usually their forehead goes up, kind of like I'm doing right now. My forehead's going up and my eyes are open wider. And a liar slash con man slash someone who's chronically insincere slash someone who's chronic liar someone slash someone who cannot be trusted tends to overuse their forehead. So their forehead is always up. Their eyebrows are always up. Their eyelids are always a little bit wider open. That's a person who's trying too hard. That's like using 19 exclamation marks at the end of a sentence instead of just saying, yes, no, um, you know, why are you trying too hard? Why are you um, being overexpressing in your face? Another one that is in particular is when their their center forehead is contracted. So just their center forehead is contracted and their center eyebrows are going up kind of like I'm doing right now. And this is super important, not with a sad mouth, but with a little bit of a smile, not with a big smile usually. But when you have that center forehead and a little bit of a smile, that is something we all do once in a while. So I just demonstrated that. But um, we all do it once in a while when we're feeling arrogant. Hopefully you don't feel arrogant too much. We all do it once in a while when we're feeling um, uh, a smug incredulity. We all we all feel we also do that um, when we're feeling uh, contempt. But we all do that facial expression once in a while. But people that do it a lot, that center forehead contraction with a little bit of a mouth smile or a modest mouth smile, those people have, that's a really strong correlation with sociopathic behavior and psychopathic behavior. So sociopath, psychopathic. The technical term for that collective is uh, antisocial personality disorder, which it should have a different name. It sounds too benign. But, you know, a sociopath or psychopath, one of the biggest checkpoint check uh, marks in whether someone's a sociopath or psychopath is chronic lying. So get used to, you know, if if someone tells you they love you and you don't feel it, you're usually not feeling it because it's something that's lacking in their eyes. Um, are you ready for some harder slash
1: listener submitted questions? Sure, sure. Biggest misconception people generally have about body language?
2: Uh, the biggest misconception is to look at if, if people, we, we alluded to this earlier, if they look at one thing, like, oh, this means they're lying. Um, you know, if one, one thing, does one thing always mean this? So it's a one-to-one translation. That's, that's the biggest misconception. Most misinterpreted gesture? Oh, probably the most misinterpreted one is, is one one that people always cite, um, is, is, uh, when people crossing the arms, oh, that, yeah, you always hear, you know, there's different ways you can cross your arms, you know, this crossing your arms with your fists is more hostile. Um, you know, this is, is more insecure. Um, you know, you could just be cold. Um, you know, it could be, you know, if you, if you're a woman and you're crossing your arms over your breasts, um, that, that's, you know, a sign that you probably don't want to talk to this guy. Um, you know, that, that, that you know, there's, there's, so there's lots of variations there, but you can just plain old be cold, uh, people who are more, um, who, who are a little bit uh, less thin, uh, what they, they will sometimes uh, do that just for comfort when they're sitting. So sometimes depending on your body shape and size, you, your, uh, your, you, do it for more, um, th- we all do it for comfort once in a while. But just repositioning yourself on your chair, uh, you know, if your chair has no arms, you know, there's a there's a lot of things and you're sitting next to people. So there's a lot of variations there. You never want to look at one thing, but that's probably the most um, uh, commonly cited, uh, misinterpreted. You know, but you 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 want to look at a lot of things, um, you know, a, a person can be in love with you and still crossing their arms in front of you, you know. And, and there's, yeah, there's, I can get, I can get, I can get a little, there, there are of course, sexual elements to some of these. So I, I don't want to necessarily go there. Right, but, right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. There's yeah, there, so there's uh and I get a lot of those questions, but yeah, there, there are, um, um, yeah, that's probably the, the most The
1: biggest one is like yeah. that one. So we talked a little bit about that. Like women are better at reading it, but who is generally more expressive with their body language, men or women?
2: Uh, I would say women as well, uh, women as well. And and they, under, but they understand the context of it. So a woman with another, um, a, a woman with a man who they don't know or don't trust, especially given like, say, an inner city setting, and they've never been in that inner city, or they know it to be bad, is different when the same woman when she's talking amongst her friends in a, in a, in a, um, in a trusted environment, whereas a guy um, will tend to have more one flavor across that spectrum. Um, it's not that he won't vary. He will. And, and, you know, there are plenty of women that aren't good at it and there are plenty of men that are really astute at it. But in general, women are definitely better than than men at body language at both reading and expressing.
1: People who are generally like, if they have a traumatic upbringing, they're usually better at it. Why is that?
2: Uh it, it because they have to the thin slice human behavior um so if you're sexually uh, assaulted or or you know sexually abused or physically abused or emotionally abused you 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 look at people and you say, Who can I trust? who can I trust um, it, it, and you see all sorts of subtlety that other people gloss over.
1: person whose body language that you looked at and were scared of or a person that really jumped out at you like that person. Oh, I don't trust them
2: yeah you, you want you want a certain name if you if you want to give it <laughs> uh, sure, sure. there's lots of names uh, you know, like some of the um uh, so i I'll, I'll, I'll answer specifically and answer generally i mean like some of the mass killers um uh, that we we've seen of course there's uh, you know like um who's the who's the um oh the guy from the early seventies uh, that oh manson. Yeah, 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 man. So he's got the big eyes, the crazy eyes, you know, and, and you hear that the term crazy eyes and the big eyes. They, they, why are these people's eyes open wide? If you look at, say, the Sandy Hook uh, killer, he had those wide open eyes or, or the guy uh, Marshall Applewhite. Yeah, the, there are there are certain facial expressions and certain things that really light up uh, your mind, um, you know, from a body language. And, and, and that's one specific, the wide, wide open eyes. You may not be able to describe in words and you may not be able to bullet point it or write it down in any kind of words. If your instincts say something, I don't, I can't put my finger on it, but I don't trust this person. Even if they have a good reputation, even if you heard about them from someone else, trust your gut, especially if there's element of physical danger involved, but even if it's business danger, you know. Best way to tell if somebody is attracted to you. So eye contact, it goes up, uh, but it's it's a smile and it's usually a suppressed smile with the eye contact. So this is with love and attr- physical attraction and blushing. Uh, people will blush a lot. And, you know, what are they doing with the rest of their body too? So when people are attracted, their pupils will get larger too. Say one person is really attracted to the other one. Say person A is really attracted to person B. The person B is ah, semi-attracted to person A. But Person B sees persons A's pupils get bigger and their pupils get bigger. And then there's a feedback mechanism where each pupil starts getting bigger and bigger and bigger to a point, of course, because the eyeballs only. Right, still... right. But this all helping, happens at the subconscious level. You can't control your pupil size consciously at all. It all happens at the subconscious level. Now, the other thing that might happen is they might lick their lips. The, the tongue to lip contact would tend to be slower. It wouldn't be quicker. It would tend to be slower. Uh, women tend to cross and uncross their legs more. Um, we tend to full body point towards the person we're attracted to. So our feet are pointed to them, our hips are pointed to them, our shoulders are pointed to them, our faces pointed to them, and our eyes are pointed to them, and we have high eye contact. Um, and um, you, you can fidget more in your chair, not because you're good nervous, not because you're bad nervous. So that's another reason why you're fidgeting, why are you fidgeting in your chair when well, you're, you're really excited. Um, you know, people when when they, people lie. Um, they'll often, they'll often elevate off their chair for a split second when they lie, um, and that the reason for there is their, their sphincter tone and their perigenital um, genital regions tend to tighten up and loosen and tighten up and get stimulated. Um, you know, people say I almost poop my pants or I almost shit my pants. People will say that. Well, uh, and, and there's really physiology there too, and and also a man's testicles. When when is a man's testicles uh, pull up close to his, uh, uh, abdomen. They, they do it for probably four, four different reasons. One is when he's cold. Another one is when he's, uh, f- fearful. So when he's fearful and that's, a, he'll, he'll sit up off his chair. You'll see him sit up off his chair a little bit. Uh, another one is when he's sexually excited. And another one is called a cremasteric reflex. When you rub the inner part of the thigh. But just, you know, you're really attracted to that person. You're going to be shifting in your chair, too. But that's more of a lateral shift, and you're crossing and uncrossing your legs. But you're full body pointing at that person. Uh, Hugs, too. You don't, if you're attracted to someone, you're going to have more contact with them. I mean, one of the first body language things I noticed as a teenager. It's harder to fake a hug. If you really like someone or don't like someone, it's harder to fake a hug than it is to fake a kiss. You can fake a good kiss. But you cannot fake a good hug. Even if you know what to do, you cannot fake that good hug. And one of the reasons is is just getting in closer. There tends to be more full body contact um, from the hips all the way down, you know, all the way up, Um, as opposed to the lean-in kind of a hug, you know, when you're leaning in. Yeah, that kind of like the the – you know, yeah, it's know you mean to the hug. You know, there's less full body contact. I have less affection for that person. So think of that more as an affection thing, not so much as a sexual attraction thing. You know, an, another thing is, you know, it, 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 I get tons of people who say, well, is this guy fake and he's liking me or does he really like me? Well, always think, is this affectionate? Because people can fake lust and they can say things. Oh, I love you. I love you. But what are the things that appear affectionate, affectionate like those like those true hugs? Um, and w- people tend to close their eyes longer. What else is if your palms have full contact with their back, you should feel a full palm contact the full palm of their hand against your back. But if you ever notice your eyes being open during a hug, they shouldn't be. You, if you really are hugging someone and you're, you're feeling affection, your eyes should be closed. And the reason for that is you're, when you shut your eyes, you're, you're actually shutting down a little bit of your, um, your brain function. Um, your visual brain function. So when you think of something, you go, oh, let me think about that. People close their eyes. Or when people close their eyes and they smell wine or they close their eyes and they taste that chocolate mousse, it's not their imagination that they can taste chocolate better. They really can taste chocolate better. And the reason is, is because when your eyes are closed, a little bit more energy in your brain is dedicated towards that sense. It's also true for affection. The reason we close our eyes during a hug or during a kiss is because you want to drink in the moment of that hug or that kiss you want to fully feel that emotion and so people that fake lust or excuse me they're lustful but they are faking love they won't do that so you want to differentiate what is sexual versus what is affectionate the affection is the thing that stays and the affection is really the thing that tells you whether this person really loves you or not
1: i want to thank dr brown so much for joining us if you want to connect with him we have a link to him on our social media accounts. We're profoundly pointless on Twitter and Instagram, and we have also included his information in the episode description. Okay, now let's go ahead and bring in John Shaw. How much of your true self would you say you present to people on a daily basis? Like 100% is your true self how much of that do you present to people on a daily basis?
0: Uh, I, I'm, I'm pretty guarded for most. I, I would probably say 30, 30 to 40% maybe. That low? Y- really? I, I just don't normally get too deep into, into things. I mean, I, I'm under this belief that no one really cares. Like if I started ranting to a coworker about my life, I mean, they're probably not going to care. They're going to wish they hadn't have talked to me.
1: I would make an argument that in those kind of – when you're dealing with somebody that kind of knows you, the only reason that they would pretend to care is so that you think that they're a good person who is listening to you. They don't actually care. They just want you to think that, oh, like, hey, this coworker is actually a good person, so I'm going to (laughs) pretend to listen to you. But I would agree with you that they don't really give a shit.
0: It's kind of like when you spill your heart out to somebody and they go, you know – It's like, oh, hey, my dog just died. And what are they really going to do? But everyone always has the same response. Let me know if there's something I can do for you.
1: I can't honestly think of a situation in which I've said, let me know if there's anything I can do in which I would have actually done something had I been requested to do it.
0: (laughs) I don't want to say hoping, but you say it just as kind of a gesture, right? But if someone was actually go, oh, hey, well, I live three hours away, but you offered. So can you bring me, you know. I don't know, soup or something. It's like, well, fuck. Now I have to.
1: No, I mean, I would then say, sure, man, I can do that. Wait about an hour and say, hey, actually, uh, daycare called. I got to go pick something up. <laughs> I mean. Like, I can't get out of it. I can't leave the state. I mean. You, yeah, I would make up a lie
0: about you it. You seemed like you were a little shocked at my number there, percentage-wise. Like, are, are, you, are you much Oh, higher? yeah. That seems really low. You,
1: yeah. Okay. OK, wait a minute. But OK, so if you if you present 30 percent of your real self to, let's say, coworker level people, how much of your real self are you presenting to your friends?
0: Uh, that's probably 80, 80 to 100 percent, to be honest. I mean, I wear my 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 emotions on my sleeve around certain people.
1: Um, no, my percentages are kind of different. Like I would say that in terms of coworker level, they're getting about 75% of the real me, but friends are probably only getting about 80 to 85. (laughs) No, like I wouldn't, I don't bump it up that much.
0: I'm going based upon like how much information I'm divulging. Like, you know, I'm not one of these Mm. people that's going to call somebody, one of my coworkers and just, Hey, how, how are you today? Oh well, let me tell you. I went grocery shopping yesterday. I had I had sex the night before. You know, my my kid stubbed her no. toe. Well, they know that the second thing's not true, but you know.
1: Okay, we have the our guest is a body language expert, so I asked this question to see, like, do you feel like you can get a pretty good read on people by their body language? Specifically, like, have there ever been a thing where you should have noticed a warning sign and you didn't?
0: And what what did they say? Probably yes. Right? Are you? I don't you asking? No, I'm asking you the question. Oh, well.
1: Yeah. Can you think of a time where like, ooh, I oh, should man. have noticed this about someone and I did
0: not? Oh, man. Absolutely. In many aspects of my life, from girls to to people to a lot of things. Yes, I, uh, but it's always hindsight, right? Because you're not really, you're not really thinking of things in the moment, whatever that may be. And then you look back on it and you're like, oh, okay, well, that makes sense now that they, you know, are crazy trained. There's so many so many avenues that I didn't go down that I may, might have might have peeked in on. I would have realized that.
1: Okay. Okay. All right. That's all I got. <laughs> let's go ahead and move on.
0: <laughs> all right, let's give some shout outs here, huh? Uh we're gonna start with Fabio Luzana. Got the hard one out of the way, I think. Wow. Uh Richie Wilson. Aaron Godinez What's
1: Fabio's picture? What's Fabio's uh, main picture? Is he a good-looking dude? Is he worthy of the name Fabio?
0: If I remember right for him it was uh well, <laughs> is he worthy of the Fabio picture? Um oh, you know what? I'm going to say yes. Why not?
1: Long hair? Long hair short hair? I think it was short I have hair. have long
0: hair if your name's Fabio. I think I think it was short hair. Oh, that's Well,
1: then he's probably rebelling against the name
0: Fabio. No, I think you can be named Fabio and and have your hair however you want it.
1: I don't think you can. I think you've got to have it long if your name is Fabio. I can't even picture what a short-haired Fabio would look like.
0: (laughs) Aaron Godnez, Tara Nicole, Roberto Madan, Sandra May, Stan Milo, Marcus Landry, (laughs) John Zaharis, and... (laughs) Abdul Ricare, appreciate all of you uh, checking us out last week. And much love to uh, Fabio. You you got the special shout out this week. All right. Uh, cool. I have a couple of hard questions for you here. I hope you're ready. All right. All, right, all uh, right. Would you rather be the hero or the sidekick?
1: Yeah, the hero. Nobody wants to be the sidekick. Yeah. How is that a hard question?
0: Because the sidekick, you don't have any real responsibility, but you get to have... You know, whatever they hear, whatever...
1: The sidekick usually dies. It's always better to be the hero. Mm,
0: see, I'm okay with being second. See, I don't know. Name me a, what, what sidekicks off the top of your head have died. The ones that I'm thinking of, I, I believe, lived.
1: Jason Todd from Batman. A lot of Batman's sidekicks, a lot of Robins have died over the years. Oh, Chris, yeah, dude, Chris. the sidekick always dies. It's way more... This is really like, look, OK, first of all, if you're the sidekick, you still have to do all the dangerous things that the hero does. You're still going to all the dangerous places, the chemical plant, the war zone, whatever. You're still going. You just don't get any of the credit. But you, and you probably are much more likely to die. Mm, it's way better to be the hero. I
0: don't know. I, I think we're going to have to con- consult somebody as to the the number of sidekicks that have died. I bet you it's a lot less than what you think.
1: I bet it's a lot more than
0: heroes. I, I, you know what? I apologize. I didn't get those numbers. Our R and D department let me down.
1: Right, but just think about this from a writing perspective. It's you're not gonna kill over kill off the main character. You can kill off the sidekick. Like, oh, I'll kill that guy off.
0: Uh, not a big deal. I don't know. Man. There's a lot of heroes that die. A, a lot of heroes that die out there.
1: A lot of heroes that come back.
0: <laughs> All right, this is the one I was looking forward to. Here, um,
1: would you rather be the sidekick?
0: I think so, man. I I wouldn't want all the pressure of being the hero. Like I'd rather stand back and just, you know, throw a punch every now and again or maybe fire a web, you know, or something, and then go home at night, not have to worry about having everyone coming after me.
1: I can't really think of that many heroes that have sidekicks to be honest with you. I can think of Batman, I think Aquaman has a sidekick. Sherlock Holmes. I think Green Arrow has a sidekick. I don't think Sherlock Holmes has a sidekick. I think Watson is his own individual. I think that's too much to say that Watson is the sidekick. I don't think so.
0: Mario and Luigi?
1: See, now, I feel like Luigi is more of a sidekick than Watson is a sidekick.
0: Yeah, I would agree with that, but I still think Watson is a sidekick.
1: I think of him as a secondary character. I think of Robin as specifically a sidekick.
0: Yeah. Anyway... All right. So this one is the one I, I was more interested in when I just randomly thought about it. Um, would you rather have had a hot gym teacher or a hot sex education teacher?
1: <laughs> um,
0: <laughs>
1: got him. I guess. I don't. I don't even know. I don't. I kind of don't particularly see the difference, right? I would think that any kind of reputable educational establishment would take some kind of measures to make sure that the sex education teacher isn't just smoking hot, man or woman. Sorry, Mr. Ramirez, but you are too beautiful of a man to be a sex education teacher. <laughs> yeah, Yeah, yeah it would definitely be more awkward. It would definitely be more awkward to have a hot sex education teacher.
0: I I agree with you, but I I would actually think that I I would rather have the gym teacher, even though I think that would be more awkward just because, you know, you know, just running up and down and playing sports. And, you know, I'd rather what kind of
1: gym teachers did you have? My gym teachers were all that were all really coaches and they just didn't do a damn thing but sit on the bleachers and tell us to do stuff (laughs) and encourage us to get in fights with other kids. Did you learn anything in sex education? I just remember the STD videos that they showed, which were like horrific.
0: No, I, I don't remember a damn thing, to be honest. I don't. I remember probably like laughing and 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 goofing off, not taking it seriously.
1: Taking screenshots of wiener. I mean, I
0: I wasn't getting, I wasn't having to worry about having sex for at least ten years after that, so.
1: Yeah, (laughs) I got got sex education when I was 13, didn't lose virginity until 20 years later, I guess, kind of forgot all that.
0: I mean, they still, this is going to sound like a dumb question, and I guess you don't have any kids that are old enough yet, but they still have like a full-blown sex ed course, right? Like, they haven't taken that out of schools, have they?
1: I think they probably have. Now, whether or not they teach it in a scientific manner is probably up for debate, (laughs) I believe the politics of the country have probably interfered with that greatly. <laughs> yeah. Whichever way you want to go, they probably are not just like, this is the penis, this is the <laughs> vagina. I think I was like 13 or
0: something like that.
1: I remember it was either freshman year of high school or last year of middle school. They got sex education classes.
0: Yeah, well, I, I remember D.A.R.E. more than I remember sex ed so that should tell you. Some Man, things.
1: talk about a fa- talk, talk about a failed program.
0: But do you think it was ever going to work? No. No program like that's ever going to work.
1: I think the only thing it does is encourage children, to be honest with you. <laughs> hey, the best way to get somebody to do something that they that you don't want them to do is to tell them not to do it.
0: Uh so hey, interesting question. My current event is uh n- nothing 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 good. But uh, I figure we needed to at least give it a a quick talk. And today we uh, lost another good one, Colin Powell.
1: What do you want me to say about Colin Powell?
0: You don't have to say anything. I just think that, you know, we there was nothing else that that really jumped above, you know, him passing away today that that I just wanted to talk about, you know, just we don't have to say anything about him. We can just say he was 84. He died of covid complications he was okay. You know, the highest ranking
1: shout out to CP.
0: <laughs> he was the highest ranking African American in the, in the federal executive branch before Barack. He was a good American and he'll be missed. And okay. And th- that's it, man. That, yeah.
1: Look, I got nothing against Colin Powell. That's just not exactly what I expected.
0: <laughs> I, um, I know. I just great. Good. Good. You know, that's
1: what do you think of John Groom's emails?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't want to talk about those for many reasons, but, uh, why not um, why not well uh, cuz i i think the unpopular opinion which is my opinion is that yes what he said was was terrible and he deserves to have everything he's a shithead anyways and what was said he he needs to be punished and getting fired is fine by me uh however i also think there's an agenda there with the Washington organization and the person who may have leaked these emails, which doesn't make it right. I'm not saying that, but you know, I, it just, it's, it just sucks all the way around that these people who we, you always have these ideas that they're shitheads and then it comes out. Oh, well, he's been living a great life for 10 years and he's a, you know, you know, he's a shithead. It's like, why couldn't this just happen 15 years ago to him? I would
1: I I think that there's probably a strong correlation between people who rise to that level of excess success and being an asshole. I think you have to be an asshole in one way or another, because you're either basically you've got to step on friends of yours or you've got to ignore your family to basically put in that amount of time. I'm pretty sure that pretty much everybody that you look at that is at the top of their field is probably an asshole.
0: I think you have to have a level of arrogance, but I don't know if I would classify that as being an asshole. Like
1: I guess I kind of lump that in together, like Elon Musk, asshole right? and arrogant. Mm-hmm. I kind of
0: like I I don't know Elon Musk. He could be an asshole, but to me, he's just arrogant and has a lot of money and is doing what he wants to do. Doesn't make him an asshole. Just makes him an arrogant prick. And fuck William Shatner. I guess six. Aw- Sorry.
1: Oh God, here we go. Space cop. All right, let's move on to something before John gets more upset about space police. Where's my matters. fucking seat? Uh, so. Our, So our top five is top five pastries. What's your number five?
0: So before we get into this, were were you shocked? Did you do any research on a pastry? I mean, I was shocked by by what is classified as a pastry.
1: First of all, by the looks of you, you've done a lot of research on on pastry. (laughs) Um, oh, God, I couldn't I, help it, man. I couldn't I know, help I, it. I felt bad about saying that, and then I went for
0: it anyway. No, I, as I was writing down my list, I'm like, there's going to be a lot of jokes that I'm probably going to hate him for, but it's fine, you know? I can't hide the chins. I think that's probably my only one. I can't hide the chins, man. It's just natural. Um, But anyways, I was surprised by how many things are classified as pastry. So here we go. Uh, My number five is a pretzel.
1: Now, that's surprising to me that that would be a pastry. Me. And also, I don't think that that's top five worthy when you consider pastries. I'm I consider that to be more of a bread, and I don't think it should be anywhere near the top five, and not even an honorable mention. At no point in my life do I ever feel like you know what I want a pretzel. It's garbage and a waste of time.
0: Wow, what you just said is ridiculous. Pretzels are fantastic,
1: except for chocolate. Except for chocolate pretzels, I take that back. For chocolate pretzels, I... <laughs>
0: that's absurd. I mean, pro... uh... hmm. Okay. Let me recenter here because was- you've been
1: sitting around. You've been sitting around your house thinking to yourself like, mm, I'd really like a pretzel.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't mind pretzels. I like I like pretzels. A lot of pretzels. Well, not a lot of pretzels. I like different kinds of pretzels.
1: Yeah, should be um, should be last on the list of pastries. Pretzel is garbage, in my opinion. That's why there's only one. Basic big chain that makes pretzels. Because nobody else wants a pretzel. That, nobody sure else I... even wants to get into the pretzel game besides that one place that makes them at the mall. Nobody else wants to be in the pretzel game. <laughs> my number five is a strudel.
0: I have that on my honorable mention. Which my honorable mention is about 20 things long, by the way. So
1: Okay. Alright. What's your number four?
0: Uh, a toaster pastry. A.K.A. a Pop-Tart. Uh,
1: it's going to really depend on what else you have on your list and where that fits. Okay. Because I have some things... Upon further consideration, on my list of pastries that are not pastries, mm-hmm. but I'm okay with it because I personally consider them to be pastries. And a pop tart is nowhere near as good as these other things. But if you went to the traditional pastry list, I could see a pop tart being at number four. Yeah,
0: um, it's they're they're awesome, very versatile in the pastry world.
1: That is true. That is true. Uh, croissant, my number four.
0: Yeah, you know, I, I felt like like it needed to be on the list, but I, I just don't like croissants very much, so I, I left it off. It's on my honorable mention.
1: Can you spell it?
0: Ooh, uh, C-R-O-S-S-A-I-N-T? No.
1: C-R-O-I-S-S-A-N-A. C-R-O-I-S-S-A-N-T. Oh. Croissant, cro Believe is how the Italians pronounce it, which is who made <laughs> croissants.
0: I don't, I'm not even, I don't even know. I'm not going down that that road. So okay. So for my number three, I I have a tie, and that is uh, pie, like any kind of pie, really, and uh, cinnamon cinnamon rolls. I don't
1: really see how you can make pie a tie with cinnamon rolls i mean i would say that pie dominates cinnamon rolls in that regard i don't have anything against cinnamon rolls i think they're good and i probably should have put them on my list but i wouldn't have the audacity to say that pies are just as good or that cinnamon rolls are anywhere near pies
0: man actually i would prefer cin- cinnamon rolls over of over a good slice of pie if i can say it i'm i'm drunk so i'm sorry but yes, I would prefer a good cinnamon roll over a piece of pie any day.
1: Even over like your favorite piece of pie, you would still take a cinnamon roll?
0: Even over Putang pie, yep. First of all. <laughs> that's disgusting.
1: No listen. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what's your, what's your number three?
1: Cream puff. <laughs>
0: it I knew somebody was gonna put them on their list I did not I didn't what's
1: wrong with a cream puff cream puff is basically just a pie sandwich if you think about it
0: I I don't mind a cream puff it's all my honorable mention um I just it doesn't warrant a spot in my top five for me
1: yeah but pretzels good okay what's your number two
0: uh pizza I know. I know. It's considered a pastry. And I had to put it on the list because now that I know it's considered a pastry.
1: This is where I get annoyed with that, right? Because, all right, my number two my number two is a donut. But a donut is apparently not considered to be a pastry. But a pizza is. So whoever came up with these rules for what is and what is not a pastry is clearly a biased asshole.
0: Well, I think- because
1: that doesn't make any sense, right? A uh, pizza is a pastry.
0: What's your number but one then, if, if it's if it's not a donut, that's what I want to know. That's what the people want to know.
1: No, I my number one will make a lot of sense when you initially think about it. Uh, but a pizza is ridiculous. I have never in my mind ever thought that a piece pizza was a pastry, I, anything like that.
0: I I didn't either until, but now like I feel I I feel like I would be committing, you know, treason now that I know that it's a, a pastry. If I didn't have it on the list,
1: Uh, quite frankly, I'm going to be I'm going to be I'm going to be harsh with you. I think you should have had the common sense to know that even though pizza is technically a pastry, you shouldn't have put it on the list because it's not a pastry. And whoever made that list did not know what they were talking about.
0: Or Maybe we don't know what we're talking about.
1: No, but we have common sense.
0: Mm, Right. Nobody
1: thinks of a pizza as pastry. If you were told by someone to go out and get some pastries for breakfast and you come back with pizzas.
0: I'm, it's I mean, a pastry. You'd, no, you'd be, that's
1: not flying, and you
0: know it. You'd be considered a hero. It's considered a savory pastry.
1: Then what? Is it, then why isn't a calzone a pastry? Because a calzone is just a pizza folded over.
0: <laughs> Listen, I don't know. I, I can't answer these things. I'm not a chef or a well. You know,
1: whoever made these rules is ridiculous.
0: I mean, that's from the Food Network. If they call a pizza a pastry, then I'm I'm going with it.
1: Okay, anyway, my number two, like I mentioned, is a donut. I don't think there ne- needs to be any kind of explanation about a donut. Maybe it's not technically a pastry, but I will think of it as a pastry. It's more of a pastry than a pizza is, I'll tell you that.
0: It is, and that's, yeah. that's my number one, is a donut. A donut? Okay,
1: yeah. I agree. My number one is a muffin, simply because a muffin can play a role that a donut does not. A muffin can be just as tasty as a donut but can also be healthy. Whereas a donut is never, nobody's like, Oh, give me a health. What'd you have for breakfast? Well, I'm on a diet. So I had a donut, a healthy donut. There is no healthy donut, but you could say a muffin and it, it it's just, it's a utility player. It's a fancy, it's, it's a more capable donut. When you get right down to it, it can play multiple roles, it can play healthy, can play filling, can play tasty <laughs> muffins, is superior donut.
0: I mean, I had to I put muffin on the honorable mention, but I'm I'm not I'm not a muffin fan, so I might have a muffin top, but I'm not a muffin fan.
1: What's your honorable mention?
0: All right, so I told you it's a list, so I apologize in advance. Uh let's see. Okay, I
1: I'm going to give you a yes or I'm going to give you a yes or no on each one that you say.
0: All right, uh cannoli. Yes. Churro. Yes. Yes cream puff but you already said that i have strudel uh baklava
1: no nah, sometimes
0: okay sometimes
1: you gotta be in the mood for baklava uh it's eclair baklava, by the way yeah dude a cream puff and eclair and what was the other an uh, an uh a cannoli that's all the same thing to me i understand that they're probably different but they're all basically the same it's bread and some kind of cream and a
0: filling got it <laughs> uh bear claws No essentially just a different kind of donut but either way uh pot pies
1: listen chicken pot pie are three of my favorite things
0: <laughs> uh crepes no overrated no nah, I, I don't know uh and then my last one is uh an empanada
1: oh yeah oh yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's that's all i had a beaver tail. Anybody, from can- anybody listening who has ever been to Canada or eaten at the little shop they have, beaver tails are fucking amazing. Oh, a beaver tail is great. It's like a long, flat donut that's fried, and then you just put all kinds of crap on top of it, like M&M's and peanut butter. Oh, it's good. It's good. How many good.
0: beaver tails can you stick in your mouth, you think, at once?
1: Mm, well, they're pretty big and thick. So I can usually get a whole one in there pretty deep and man I'm going to lick up every last drop of that. I'm sucking that thing dry. Okay, that's going to go ahead and do it for this episode of Profoundly Pointless. I want to thank you so much for joining us. If you get a chance please leave a review. It really helps us out. We really appreciate it and we'd love to know what are some of your favorite pastries? I understand that pizza is technically a pastry but that's ridiculous and everybody knows it so if you're sending us pizza pizza's great but it's just not a it's it's just not a pastry in my mind
0: seeking the truth never gets old introducing june's journey the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling
1: murder mystery join june parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s